Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 smart bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number special edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. I have a doctorate in psychology and am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a registered play therapist, university professor, writer, and mom of two. Each episode of the Parentologist Podcast focuses on a variety of topics related to parenting, family, children, and mental health. I'm glad you're here. On today's episode, we have Chrissy Powers, a wife, mom, licensed marriage and family therapist, podcast host, writer, and eternal optimist. She lives and works in San Diego, California with her husband and her three adorable children. Chrissy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we have known each other. Well, we both, um, you know, started off, obviously, we're both licensed marriage family therapists and moms. And so we connected that way. I feel like years ago on Instagram, and then we finally met in person. And it's been a while, but I feel like we've known each other for at least three or four years now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like we were kind of doing the same thing, like sharing about working as a therapist and also being a mom and a human. Yeah. Yes, I feel like we were one of the OGs. I feel like now you oh, see, yeah. you know, there's tons of therapists, that, you know, on Instagram and whatnot. But I feel like you and I were one of the OGs, so I feel good about I, that. I feel good about that too. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. I know we've evolved and, and whatnot. Now you had you've had, you've started your podcast a while back, and now I'm you know just getting into season two of mine. But um, but it's been a great journey, and it's been a great journey watching you you know, remodel your home. And, you know, now you have a daughter when you first, when we first started all this, you, you had your boys and now you have a little girl and, um, it's just been great, you know, kind of going through this, um, this life watching, you know, like I said, you evolve. Um, and I love watching your posts, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, you know, just the different things that you posted about your own life and how you, um, have really evolved yourself as a human being and as a woman. And then also, you know, how you work professionally in the same realm. So, um, yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and get started. I know one thing you've talked about, which I really resonated with because I'm the same way. You've, I've heard you say that you are a recovering people pleaser and I am still a practicing people pleaser. I try not to be at times, but that's just kind of my mojo. And I, you know, try to take a step back and, you know, I, I'm aware of it, but how, how can someone like myself or anyone else that, that is out there that is a people pleaser, um, break free of that in their life, um, of that cycle? And how did you do it? Yeah, I think for a long time, I thought that was just how I was supposed to like show love to people or be kind, um, was just to make them happy. Um, and if anybody, um, was unhappy with me, it was a huge trigger and it still is. Mm-hmm. I have to work mm-hmm. through it every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the core of people pleasing, it really, for me was selfish because it was, I wanted their approval and I wanted to feel good enough and I wanted to feel, um, 
valued and worthy. And if someone wasn't happy with me, it immediately, um, just took all that away. Like I just felt like nothing. And, um, so it really like through personal therapy of my own, I kind of really understood that, oh my gosh, I have betrayed myself in a sense Mm -hmm. because I am so not showing myself love if I'm constantly looking for that approval, affirmation, acceptance from other people through people pleasing. So it kind of like came down to just getting down to the nitty gritty of it and realizing, okay, this is all about me and not them. Because when you think about people pleasing, and if you are a recovering people pleaser, you probably (laughs) know it's exhausting. You can't please everybody. So. Yeah. And I, I definitely feel like just my own age and maturity and maybe just my personal journey of maturity has helped that. I know I was a lot worse when I was younger, you know, anytime, any type of rejection came my way or abandonment, especially if there was a breakup between a relationship or whether, you know, whether it was just like a, one of my best friends who was best friends with me in middle school. And all of a sudden we went to high school and she, she ignored me and wouldn't talk to me anymore. I mean, I, I was devastated. I took those things really personally And the older I've gotten, the more I've been more secure in myself, you know, it still hits me, (laughs) but, um, but like you said, like I just kind of been more mindful of it and, um, kind of dissecting a little bit of, of really trying to get to a place where I'm just happy with myself. And that comes into my second question of acceptance. And I think part of that is accepting ourselves. Um, do you have any suggestions on how, people can, can be more accepting of themselves and how do we get there? Yeah. I think there are certain things about us individuals that we have a hard time looking at and saying, okay, like, yeah, I struggle with this or, uh, and I, I call this the shadow. So we all have a shadow. We all have things about us that we don't like to accept or look at, but it's true for every single person. And the more we can look at those things and say, yeah, sometimes I can be needy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can be, um, you know, over the top or anxious and really looking at those things and saying, there's room for it all. We do not have to be a certain way or fit into a type mold. You can be both. And, and I know you probably know that from therapy, we always say that both. And, and so when I look at the things about myself that I don't like, or that I struggle with, and I say, you know what, Hey, you're allowed to be here too. You don't run the show, but you're here Mm -hmm. too. And usually those things point to something in us that maybe could be used for growth or, um, you know, you know, it's just, we're human. So when I look at the things I don't like about myself that I have a hard time accepting, that's usually where I go is like, how do I make room for it? And one of my favorite tools is called radical acceptance, Mm -hmm. where if you're struggling with anything, you know, depression, sadness, grief, uh, anxiety, it's counterintuitive, but the more you look at it and say, all right, I see you, you're here. Mm-hmm. You can be on my bus. So everybody's driving a bus in life. <laughs> and yes, I love that. When, yeah. When you're driving your bus and you have rowdy passengers on your bus and they're screaming at you and the more you fight with them and engage with them, the more your bu- bus veers off the road, not towards your goals. So mm-hmm. I always say to my clients, like, just imagine, you know, that you're recognizing when, you know, anxiety is on your bus and she's trying to take the wheel and you just say, I see you anxiety. You're here. Okay. You, you're going to be here no matter what. So 
be here, but you can't sit in the driver's seat and you Mm. cannot sit next to me. I'm driving. And that in that, that feeling becomes less and less because you really are in control of what you follow in terms of your thoughts. Um, We're not always in charge of what we feel, but we're in charge of our thoughts. So yeah, I love that. That's really that is really powerful. And you know, I have seen. I'm sure you have too. Whether it's you know personally or in your professional practice, um, a heightened sense of anxiety. Um, you know, especially throughout the pandemic, and now even just going back to school, and you know, just the world opening up, and there's just this heightened sense um, of anxiety out there with with children and parents alike. Um, I know you work a lot with anxiety and mindfulness and whatnot. What are some ways you suggest um, parents can calm themselves during the day? You know, how how can we control our thoughts? I I love your bus analogy, but what are some other tangible ways that we can do that that you suggest? Yeah, definitely. Um, And when I say control your thoughts, I mean, um, pay attention to what you spend your energy on and what you give um, more time to. So say you're watching the news and you get sucked into that rabbit hole and you keep watching the news for like, you know, an hour when really you only needed like to check it for five minutes to know what's going on. Um, pay attention to that. Like, am I, am I going above the threshold of what is needed to Mm. that thought? So that same goes for like an anxious thought that might pop into your head. Like, what if this happens? The more you follow that thought, the more energy you're giving to it, And the more you're allowing yourself to kind of sit in that vibrational energy of anxiety, but you can choose, you are at choice to say, okay, there's that weird negative thought. Oh gosh, that was scary. Mm -hmm. But then you can say, and this is what I always say. I have like a mantra that I say to myself, I say, that's not your story and that's not yours to carry. So when I remind myself that's not happening to me at this moment, I then can switch my thoughts from that negative, distorted, really scary thought or news headline. And then I go back to the present moment. Okay. What's true for me right now? Okay. I'm in my kitchen. I'm doing the dishes. My kids are at school. Everybody's fine. All right. And so I go back to the present moment and I sometimes have to move. I'm a huge Mm -hmm. proponent of movement. So really moving out that feeling of uh, fear or anxiety, because anxiety is so physiological. We feel it in our bodies. Absolutely. Uh, And when you sit in it and you just really are just frozen, which a lot of women, we freeze. Mm -hmm. uh, I say counteract that with movement. Do some yoga, put some music on, start dancing. Um, I do nonlinear movement and I teach that. So I... I say shake it up, like literally wherever you feel that anxiety, yes. shake it out and then move I on. That. I yeah. love that. And I, I, I do too. Movement, I think is so huge. And even, you know, for myself, I'll speak for myself, but I do, you know, talk with this with clients too, is getting fresh air, you know, just getting oh. outside, taking a few deep breaths of just, you know, just the fresh air really kind of resets me. And I know it helps others too. I don't know if you, you know, do that. I know you spend a lot of time at the beach yeah. and, and outdoors, but just being outside is such, um, such a great way to relieve anxiety, you know, throughout the day, just yeah. going outside in your driveway, if you have to, you know, it doesn't yeah. mean going on a walk or going on a hike. And that'd be great if you have time for that and you can, but if it just yeah. means two minutes on your driveway or on your porch and sipping a glass of water and then coming back in to finish your work, whatever you're doing really can reset you for the rest of the day. 
Oh yeah, totally. Get some so, of that sunshine. Get some of that vitamin D. Yes. Soak it in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's shift a little bit. Um, I know something else that you've you've been open about, um, which I, I I love this about you, um, is talking a lot about body image. And I know. Um, a lot of us struggle with body image, you know, um, I know I have myself as well. Um, and I know, like I said, you've been open about it and about some of the struggles you've had over the years with body image, disordered eating and things of that nature. Um, Mm -hmm. so I wanted us to talk to you about, you know, obviously we're, we're both on social media. We've both been on there for a long time and, you know, we're kind of in a, a public eye, if you will. Um, but there's so much in the media. There's so much on social media. I mean, this has been going on for years. And I did my master's thesis on this subject, you know, 20 years ago or whatever it was. But yeah. how does the media and social societal pressures, you know, affect someone's um, body image and, and, and maintaining a positive body image? Mm. Yeah, this is such a good question. Um, social media is interesting because it's allowed the conversation to open up about what is body image? Why, how does it get cultivated in a human? Um, and we're now able to see people of all different bodies and abilities. And so for that, I think it's amazing. Like I remember growing up and only seeing the beautiful skinny women in the shiny glossy magazines thinking, well, that must be beauty. So I have to, I have to try to look exactly like that so that I can feel beautiful. Um, and now I re- I'm so happy that it has expanded and we have now women of all shapes and sizes in those beautiful glossy magazines um, yes. because it's truly for me personally transformed the way that I view beauty. I now see a beautiful woman that's maybe fuller figured and I'm like, gosh, she's beautiful where maybe when I was a teenager, I would say, Oh, like, why is she in that magazine? Mm -hmm. Which I'm like, that's just to me so sad that that was the conditioning that we had in the nineties and early 2000s. Um, but on the flip side, social media is a constant comparison game where we're looking at everybody's lives and highlight reels and thinking that that's real life. And it's not, so it still exists, you know, there's filters and there's so many different editing things that, you know, make someone look a certain way. So you have to be careful with what we ingest. Um, Mm -hmm. and even how we process body image, because I know that, um, that's become a thing to share about on social media. You know, I share about it too. Um, but it's almost like we are telling women one more thing to do. You have to love yourself. We don't often say how. And so, that's why I love teaching embodiment because when I'm in my body, I'm truly living, not somebody else's body, not looking at so-and-so or their pretty picture, which might be great and encouraging. Um, but yeah, I, um, I always tell people that are looking to feel better in their body that I say, you know, be very careful who you're following or looking at, mm-hmm. um, and then follow expanders, follow people that, expand you to believe that what they have is possible. So if you're struggling with jealousy over someone's body or someone's life, really ask yourself, where is that coming from? Because it's a trigger and triggers mm-hmm. are our teachers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where is that coming from? And could this person be a, an expander for me? Like mm-hmm. may, may, making it 
me feel like that's possible. Like I could love myself because she loves herself. Mm. And, you know, and then of course, if you can't get there, then you mute the person or you unfollow because really you're a choice there too. So, right. um, yeah, but I love following people of all different, you know, styles and bodies and all of that stuff. And, um, I think that it's a good thing, but at the same time, you have to be careful when you get too sucked in. It's like watching the news. Like we said in the beginning episode, there's a threshold, you know, there's a threshold to information overload. So just be careful. Yeah. Just being mindful, you know, just really being mindful of of all of that, you know, because I know uh, even for myself, for, I I have a, I have a son and a daughter and for both of them, you know, as, as a parent, um, I know how much maybe the, the words I use, the language I use, the comments I make or how I feel even about myself plays a big role in, you know, modeling, a positive body image for them, you know? So what are your yeah. thoughts? I, mean, I know you're, you're a mom of three, like what role does a parent play in teaching their children to have a positive body image and acceptance? Oh yeah. Um, our number one thing as parents for me and Sam is that we want our children to know their bodies are good. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, no matter what your body is good and there's no bad part of it. Um, and then, you know, as a mom of a daughter, I do constantly sometimes get, um, you know, convicted when I look in the mirror, if I'm like looking at my mirror in a certain way or, and I'm like, Oh gosh, my daughter saw me look at my body like this. And I'm like, yes, I try to same. give myself grace because I'm healing, you know, from, from disordered eating and body image, um, but there are times where I struggle, of course, where I'm like, gosh, I've gained five pounds this month or my bloated or, you know, and I'm just like, okay, start over again. Like my body is beautiful. And then I really try to compliment my body just as much as I, you know, maybe discredit it sometimes. So, right. Uh, and my husband's a really good partner in that. Like if I mention something I don't like about my body, he'll say, okay, like, now you got to say something good that you like about your body. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but you yeah. know, as, as human beings, we live in these bodies that sometimes don't feel comfortable and yeah. it's okay. It's okay to admit when you don't feel comfortable in your body, but at the same time, yeah, we are those examples for them. So I'm trying my best to change that narrative and really appreciate my body for what my body has done for me. Yes, exactly. And I feel like, you know, especially as moms, you know, when we go through pregnancies and childbirths and things like that, and our bodies change and just are, even as we get older in general, even if if a parent hasn't gone or a mom hasn't gone through that, but, you know, they get older and our metabolism changes, like it's just, you know, finding that acceptance in whatever our bodies look like or have done, um, or as we get older, like you said. So, um, but, but they do, I mean, I know my kids for sure always are like watching and listening and soaking it all in. And so just being very mindful of the language we use, like you said, and having that one-to-one ratio. If you do say something, um, you know, maybe how you're not feeling your best that day, but then to follow it up with something more positive, you know, and having them hear both sides of it, because life isn't perfect in life. You know, we're not always going to have a good day or feel good about ourselves, but to learn how to cope with that, you know, uh, in an effective way, and then also follow up with something, you know, positive later on when you are feeling better and saying, oh, I'm feeling so much better today. And, you know, 
um, having that, I think is a, is a good way to role model, like you said. So, um, but you also mentioned, I know you mentioned this too in your work, but you mentioned Sam, your husband and, um, and sex life, <laughs> which yeah. I, I, I don't think it's talked about enough. And I know that you've done some videos about how to feel sexy with your husband and how, you know, just to, to, to kind of, you know, really focus on that when it comes to relationships. So, um, how does a negative body image affect a couple relationship and, and sex life? What have you found, you know, whether it's in your own personal life or in your practice when it comes to that? Oh gosh, so much. Um, cause when we're in our minds about our bodies and how they look, you're in your mind, you're not in your body. And when you're trying to be intimate with someone, just you can't enjoy that if you're all cognitive in your head thinking, what do I look like right now? And oh my gosh, like, and you really can't enjoy what sex is supposed to be when you're in your head. So dropping into your body and really appreciating your body and loving it, no matter what it looks like, it will take your sex life with your partner to the next level. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started to accept my body and to be like, damn, I look good before we would be in <laughs> I, I mean, literally we would connect more. I would be like, this is what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> Finally, I'm writing. It's kind of sad. It took me like 30 something years to get to that point. But I'm also so happy because I'm like, oh gosh, like, you know, you've been married a certain amount of time and you're like, okay, this must be it. And it's not like right. your marriage can get better. Your relationship with your body can get better life can get better. And I always call it kind of like you're up leveling. We're always going to be up leveling in life if you're growing. So for me, appreciating my body and being in my body, not in my mind has helped me to up level to the next level in my relationship, in my intimacy with myself and my partner. So, you know, finding a really good embodiment practice or meditating or maybe having some tea that calms you down before you're trying to be intimate is a really good tip for me. Gosh, yeah. I love that. I need to try that. Um, cause I know, I mean, I, I get into those modes too, you know, I think yeah. it's just only human that we do. Um, but it just goes back, like I said, to that mindfulness and that awareness of, you know, and I love the tea idea of just, you know, those are, those are it's a great practical way that, um, you know, just to calm ourselves and yeah, getting into your body and getting less out of our mind. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, you know, thoughts and, um, you know, working on the thoughts that come in and, you know, what we allow in and how much of it and whatnot. Um, it, it goes down to that too, because I think if we're, if we're not feeling good about ourselves and it gets in our head, then it will affect our relationship. It will affect our sex life or even just our own intimacy with ourselves, you know? Yeah. Um, and then of course, you know, parenting, it just, it kind of spirals and, and, and dominoes from there. Um, I know you've talked a lot about in the, in, uh, I've seen you talk about trauma, um, which I know as therapists we often do, but how do you mm -hmm. feel like trauma plays a role in body image and disordered eating? Um, I know obviously it does, um, mm. but if someone has been through through trauma uh, of any kind, really, um, yeah. how 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 does that affect body image, and how can they they help themselves when when they have that battle that they're you know constantly fighting with the trauma? Yeah, I think that when we're traumatized, that energy, um, I always say it's kind of like having the gas and the brake on at the same time. When, and if you don't exert that energy or somehow process it or release it, it stays in our body. It stays mm -hmm. locked 
somewhere, maybe the fascia or, um, yeah, energetically it stays in there. And for me personally, I felt like my traumas kind of mounted up and I was so locked in my body. I, I literally have this image of me. It was like, I was white knuckling life. Mm. And so during that time of my life, I was not a fun person to be around. And I, I couldn't enjoy being in my body because I was constantly just fighting her. I was Mm. fighting her for feeling like anxious all the time or, um, you know, there, you know, the last thing I probably wanted to do was be intimate with my partner because I just was exhausted from fighting life. It felt like, and, right. and always feeling like the other shoe was going to fall. So I know that if you've ever had PTSD or trauma, it kind of feels like that you're frozen mm-hmm. and stuck back where that trauma happened. So that's why I say like, go talk about it, go get help and don't compare your trauma. Do not say, well, I wasn't killed or I, you know, I, it was just a little fender bender or, you know, it, the results came back fine or whatever. But if you felt that in the moment that your life was threatened or the life of someone you love, or you, I actually felt like even reading the news can be traumatizing these days because sure. read it in the way that it feels activating to your body. Your body doesn't know the difference. It's as if you are living through that. So that's why I say, don't compare your trauma and everybody has trauma. So go talk yes. to somebody about it, go process it. Or if you can't do that, then go out and move it out, go for a walk or a run and get mm-hmm. your mind back in the present moment. Um, because yeah, it, it does lock you. It does feel like you're locked up in that trauma and that takes more of the energy than actually really living. Yes, exactly. And I, I do, I mean, people, you know, would, like you said, with the comparison, like, oh, it was a small trauma versus a big trauma. Trauma's trauma. Like if you yeah. have trauma, it's trauma, you know? And I think, you know, you mentioned that I feel like this year, just with everything during the pandemic and just our lives being all flipped upside down that, I mean, obviously there's many more other traumas out there, but just in general, I feel like we've all kind of been through a collective trauma in this last year, you know? Right. And you know, just trying to get through that. And like I said, the heightened anxiety and things like that. What are some signs and symptoms of someone, you know, who may need to maybe get more professional help when it comes to, um, I I don't feel really good about my body and they may might have a more negative body image, but then when does it cross the line or cross to the other side of having, um, an eating disorder? Um, how does someone know, like, what are some signs and symptoms that they actually might have some disorder eating that they might need to get some professional help for? Yeah, if it's affecting your relationship, if it's affecting your work life, um, for me, I felt like I was just like in a trap. I could not get out of thinking about what I was going to eat next or what I ate before, or did I burn off those calories enough? So it was very much my whole world revolved around food and exercise. So, you know, I knew like, I mean, this was back in my twenties, but it consumed me and I honestly felt Mm -hmm. trapped and I, it started off very simple. It started off very, um, you know, non-threatening with just a little diet. Oh, I want to lose 15 pounds. Like in college, it was the freshman year. And then I found so much safety in that control and it became my identity. So what we focus on, how much it takes up of our energy. Um, obviously if you lose your period, um, 
and things like that, those are really big signs that you need to go um, get help. And what was really hard back in you know, the early 2000s when I was struggling with mine was I had lost my period for years and doctors mm-hmm. just told me, oh, you're just, you're fine, you're healthy, you're just running too much, so here's some progesterone, when really I was like crying out for help, but everybody, wow. you know, th- that institute didn't really know. I think we're probably better now recognizing when women need help, but um, yeah, if you feel like there are food rules, um, that's also a sign. Mm-hmm. Uh there, there should be, there's no food off limits, you know, like food is food and we should be able to love our life and enjoy it. And if you're finding that you're, you know, really, uh, being rigid or using food to fulfill a need, which I've been on that end of the spectrum as well, eating disorders tend to go that way. Um, that's also a sign. Like when I was lonely, I used to, just eat and fill myself with something because I was looking for something to fill that deep sense of loneliness and sadness when really I may, I should have just felt it. I should, you know, and I mean, should have, could have, what we always, I always say, don't shit on yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here I am doing it. Um, you know, it, it was such a like growing journey for me. It led me to where I am today. So I don't, regret where I am, but I'm so glad I got help when I did because I, you know, when I first started out counseling, worked in an eating disorder center and saw women that were in their forties and fifties that said to the younger girls that were there, please change now Mm. because when you're my age, this is so hard. And I was like, Oh, that just broke my heart because, you know, we get so entrenched into habits and patterns. Um, so yeah, I, um, I kind of went on a tangent there, but, um, those no. are sort of the symptoms and the red flags that I see um, when we start to live according to food rules and things like that. And we're really not paying attention to our body and what our body wants. Yeah, exactly. And and I know you're not the only one that has struggled. I know I've struggled in the past and I know there's many more out there, you know, like you said, that, that do. And so um, I encourage anyone that's listening today that uh, that is struggling, you know, with, let's say, a, a negative body image or possibly thinking that they may have an eating disorder, I would love for them to um, get some help. I'll put some uh, resources up so, um, you know, they can yes. have easy access to that. Um, but speaking of resources, we're almost out of time, but I uh, know you have a six-step online course called Create Your Calm where others can learn about how to identify their trauma and manage anxiety. Um, where can they find more about that and more find more about you? Yeah. Um, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Chrissy J powers. I am starting a specific therapy account soon and that's at Chrissy J powers wellness. I know it's a mouthful. Um, so hopefully that will be up and running soon. Um, and I'll be able to kind of answer those more personalized health and mental wellness related questions there. But chrissypowers.com is my website where you can find out all of the ways you can work with me. Um, I I love to do coaching and therapy and my courses as well. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love, I, I'm going to let me know when it's up and running. I will definitely follow your wellness account. Cause I, I do, um, I'm very inspired by your work. I, I really do love following you and not just to see the journey of, of you and your family and your children. I, you know, of course that's that personal side of it, but, but I really do uh, resonate with, um, the, the things that you talk about as far as, you know, that's why I had you on the show today. And, 
um, because I really love how I've resonated with how you've talked about, you know, whatever it's body image, anxiety, trauma, loving yourself, loving your body, you know, really focusing on those things and having that acceptance with yourself. Um, probably because I struggle with those things too. So, um, I love that. And I encourage everyone out there to, you know, reach out to Chrissy and, um, you know, and give her a follow because she really does have some great, um, you know, uh, work out there that she's done, including this create your calm, um, six step online course, um, which I may have to sign up for myself. Cause I feel like I may need it too, but <laughs> in the meantime, um, she has some great resources. So definitely check out her website and Chrissy, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Um, thank you for sharing your story and all of your advice. Um, it's, it's been very helpful. I know for me and for others out there. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It was so good to talk to you. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to have you back for more. Make sure to subscribe to the Parentologist podcast so you don't miss an episode and make sure to tell your friends. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.